You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. This is your co-host, Danny. And we have a fun, feel packed show for you today. We'll actually go over episodes seven and eight of The Last Dance, which provides uh, Jordan's insight into the last season. Uh, a lot of great takes from this particular episode and where I feel that uh, this Jordan's mindset uh, was really, really prevalent in all of this. Um, you always wonder what was his mindset like uh, while he was actually on the court and everything. And just a couple of quotes that that really stood out for me. Uh, one quote that Jordan indicated was, when people see this, they're going to say, well, he wasn't really a nice guy. He may have been a tyrant. Well, that's you because you never want anything. I wanted to win, but I wanted them to win and be a part of that as well. That was a telling quote. Another quote, I don't have to do this. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That's That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. I believe those two quotes in my eyes was really telling again of his mentality, his desire for excellence, his desire to be a champion. But he also had the organization on his back. The Bulls organization never won a championship before Jordan. And so the expectations, uh, his desire, his will to win, that's a lot of pressure. On top of that, obviously the shoe deals, the sponsorships, the whole nine. And he really, really wanted to win. Uh, really want to prove that he is the man, that he is the GOAT. And ultimately, uh, he did win. A lot of pressure, uh, but nonetheless... You get a great insight into his mentality. What say you, Danny? He was very meticulous on how he did things. And he motivated himself like no other, based on what I've seen documented with people, athletes. You know, there's some top athletes out there, including Jordan. Kobe was one of them. They pull from different thinking to motivate themselves and motivate others around them to be great. And the approach may not be the most desired approach. It's not the most positive per se, but he made another quote about taking a negative and turning it to a positive. He wanted to make sure everyone was prepared, tirelessly prepared because he's like, hey, if I'm out here doing this, there's no excuse for you not to be doing it. Mm -hmm. So I'm not gonna make you do something I'm not willing to do myself. So he was always thinking that way of how can we be better? And we're not going to be content with being average or we just made the Eastern Conference Finals. No, we're going all the way because he got knocked down so many times those years leading up to those championships. He understood that you couldn't take uh, your foot off the gas to be great. And that actually leads into uh, another interesting thing that uh, I noticed here with regards to uh, the fight with Steve Kerr and where practice was very, very testy, very physical. And Jordan ultimately uh, really wanted to test uh, the players. More importantly, he wanted to test those who just joined the team. Now, 
you got to realize what Jordan went through. We always talked about him in the playoff runs, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously against the Boston Celtics when he dropped the 63 or whatever on the Boston Celtics, but lost the series. The uh, bad boys are going into the Detroit Pistons, over- overcoming them. Went through all that heartache, went through all that trauma, but ultimately came out on top with the uh, eventual victory over the Magic Johnson-led uh, Lakers. Uh, and so for new players to come in, ha-ha and kicking, laughing and <laughs> doing all that, man, Jordan was like, listen, you're not going to be riding on my coattails thinking that this is easy. And so he wanted those practices to be physical. And I'm pretty certain he realized, too, other teams are having these physical practices as well. So if they're having those physical practices and yeah, ha ha and kiki and on and laughing in the corner and all that stuff, hey, I'm trying to win championships. So he raised their level of expectations, raised their level of play, and he ultimately uh, hit Steve Kerr and I, <laughs> um, which was man, I, I I give kudos to Steve Kerr for not backing down. I mean, Steve Kerr yep. said that he was just as competitive he may lose i mean and everything but nonetheless he's competitive uh so what you say about obviously the things that he has gone through meaning jordan has gone through to get to that point particular moment in time hey there could be champagne when it's all said and done but we got to put in the work in order to get to that champagne so that was another interesting story within these episodes that i I really noticed uh, the fight with steve kerr Yep. And to that point, if you watch this docuseries in that episode, he was always on his teammates in practice. Jokingly or not, he was always trying to push them. And like he said, once he stuck Steve Kerr in the eye and Steve Kerr didn't back down, he pushed him back. Jordan said from that point on, they had an understanding. Mm-hmm. This is how it's going to be. And that's how this is my house. Yep. I built this house. You're a guest. Respect and let's go for it. When you're playing the Knicks or the Pacers or these other teams, they're going to do the same thing to you. I'm just preparing you for the game and when we get deep into the playoff run. So it was all in his head of how can I make this team ready so when we get to that point, they know what to do. Yeah, put push them to excellence. Uh, the other thing that I found interesting within this particular episode uh, was uh, Jordan's uh, father's influence, uh, Mr. Jordan. Obviously, his influence uh, from when Jordan was a young kid to adulthood. Mr. Jordan was there uh, when Michael won his first championship, the scene that everybody sees and where Jordan's crying uh, in the locker room with his first championship after they beat the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, him crying, said, man, it took seven years to get here. Dad sitting right next to him, taking in the champagne, taking in uh, the victory. But then also Mr. Jordan would really help out Michael with the reporters. There was a scene in there where I think they were talking about the whole gambling. The media was talking about the gambling bit there with Jordan. And Mr. Jordan was like, listen, let me take, take on the reporters uh, for you. And this is when Michael decided not to talk to reporters for a while. 
Mr. Jordan came and said, hey, my son has given, you know, his best and everything, you know, let him be. And then also Mr. Jordan would, you know, take some excursions with, with Michael yeah. uh, just to kind of get away, whether it was to the uh, casino in Atlantic City. But nonetheless, his dad was there, a very uh, huge influence. Uh, so it was really good to see to see that. I don't think uh, from a media perspective, I don't think we see that enough. I don't think we see the father and son uh, combination, especially, I would just even say this, especially a black father and son combination really out there uh, in the media like that. Uh, I was really happy when the NBA during last year's draft with Zion Williamson draft. To me, it seemed like there was a consorted effort to to showcase the father and son uh, piece there, uh, which again, you rarely, rarely see that father and son. So to see that, and ironically enough, it was on Mother's Day, but to see that in, in this series was exceptionally well done. So uh, kudos to the team and to the uh, director for, for including that. We'll say you, Danny. To that point, Jason, I think, too, some of the last conversations he had with his father uh, talking about retirement in 93, after the 93 championship, and him saying, I want to try baseball. His father was like, hey, gave him that full support, 100%. He's like, that's what you want to do, son? You go ahead and do it. It was very sad during that whole piece then, you know, when his father was murdered. But at the same time, knowing he was at peace with the decision he had made when he went to baseball, because he knew his father approved of it, was pretty, pretty interesting knowing that. That was another interesting thing, too, about this document. They went really in-depth with Jordan's baseball career. One thing I didn't know was the whole, I'm not going to single A, but going to double A. And the reason for that was because of there's more room for the media in double A. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's that's something else. <laughs> but Jordan start, started off, you know, with a hitting streak. Um, so he started off very well, but I remember the coach saying, well, we'll let's just wait for it. We'll wait for it. And next thing you know, a curveball comes and Jordan can't hit it. Uh, but he worked tirelessly on the curveballs and eventually hit one, uh, over the fence. So I think that just shows Jordan's dedication. It's all about winning. So that showcases it. Yes. And to that point where he was there morning, noon and night hitting. So similar to basketball. He's like, all right, you're going to try to clown me here, media, people poking fun at him. And he just had a different level, man, to say, uh-uh, I'm not failing at this. Would he have left baseball if there would not have been a major league lockout? He was loving it. And in my opinion, I think that's the only reason he left, because there was a lockout, because he was trending in the right direction to go to the majors based on the opinions of the individuals in the docuseries. Eventually, he would have been there. And it seemed like he was having a hell of a lot of fun playing baseball right? and being right. out of the limelight and everything like that. So I don't know what you think, Jason, on that, but I think he would have stayed with baseball if there wouldn't have been a lockout. I think he would have stayed. He was really driven to accomplish a goal. Um, yes. I mean, Jordan strikes me as that type of person where uh, he'll have tunnel vision and where he focuses in on his craft. And I believe that he would have stayed with the team and probably gone up to triple A ball, you know, eventually to the major league. So yeah, he was trending in the right direction. And you know what? He would have made more money 
in the majors than he he would have playing basketball or at least for prior to the contract that he signed for with the 30 plus million dollars per year yeah. but prior to that Jordan wasn't making a whole lot per year so he probably would have made more money playing baseball <laughs> just think how, how much his brand would have grown if he would have been in the majors you have two sports you have another pair of shoes you, you can mm-hmm. sell and merchandise and yeah yeah and well, let me ask you this do you think he would have done both because l- let's look at it i mean the season basketball season would go october if you make the playoffs to beginning of june yep baseball would have started probably in uh, the April time frame. Um, so he probably missed, you know, a couple of months there, mm-hmm. uh, probably take, you know, a couple of weeks to get for him to get in training or whatever for baseball. Yeah. Think, do you think he would have possibly done both? I think at his age, it may have been tough because they had, they pointed that thing out with Tim Grover where he was like, all right, your basketball body is not going to fit a baseball body. So we need to train you differently. Mm-hmm. And like he mentioned, when he came back, it took him a whole off season. He, he came back for those last 20 games or whatever it was. Then they had the playoffs and then he had the whole, it took him that long to get his body back to basketball shape and the muscles he was using. So if he would have been younger, maybe, but, Mm-hmm. I, I don't think so, but. The other amazing thing that uh, I noticed he, in this episode was Scotty Pippen, man. Scotty Pippen, I believe, has this, at the very beginning of, of the docuseries here, Jordan did say, Without Scotty, we don't win any championships. Uh, he gave yes. him a lot of kudos, and throughout, you've seen highlights of Scotty, uh, how he has progressed, uh, his athleticism, him actually guarding Magic full court, how he really developed uh, during the Detroit run. Ultimately, uh, how he has just gotten better and better and better. But man, Scotty just has gotten a bad rap, especially with him not going in the last few seconds uh, of a game here uh, because a play wasn't drawn up for him. So yeah, Scotty is taking a huge hit. I mean, to even when he decided not to get the surgery in the summer, yes. uh, this, and he said he didn't want to f up his summer and waited in the season uh, to mm-hmm. get the surgery or what have you. That's another bad look. Uh, now this, uh, again, with uh, Tony Kukoc ultimately taking the last shot and making it and winning the game. Uh, and so the aftermath of that in terms of how uh, Bill Cartwright uh, talked to him, how he cried, how Scotty cried, how Scotty apologized, things of that nature. But then Scotty said, I would have done the same exact thing. <laughs> so, Scotty, you're not making this any better on yourself, man. I think you could have lied there, Scotty. You could have said, man, I would have done it differently, man. Move it over a little bit. But, no, nah, he just went ahead and said, hey, I will go ahead and do it again. Dang, Scotty. Hey, there's a couple There's a couple times where Scotty has just been made to look bad. And then also the contract uh, issues with uh, Krause. So, man, Scotty, he's just, man, he's looking bad, man. What say you? I think that he had a point, though, man. I understand he shouldn't have pulled himself off the game with Tony Kukoc. But think about it. If if Jordan is there, would Phil do the same thing to Jordan that he did to Pippen? And Phil obviously called the right play. But Pippen, he must he what was going through his head if he was feeling some type of way? Like, hey, man, you just took my moment away to let me shine. I don't know, man. I just look at it as like, all right, 
if Jordan was there, would he have Phil done that to Jordan? Here's the difference. Tony Kukro said, hey, man, I've been making buzzer beaters the whole season. And they showed examples of him making them. So and, if, jo- if Jordan was there, yep. first of all, we automatically know that, you know, Kukoc would not have been even shooting the ball in That's those particular point. situations. Yep. So I think it's a different situation. Phil made the right call, though. He, he made, made the, the right call. I mean, he made the right – let me rephrase. He made the right basketball call. Yep. But from a player perspective, maybe you should have gave it up to Scotty. Uh, so here's the other thing to this is would Scotty have reacted the same? This I, I wanted him to ask him this follow-up question. Would he have done the same thing if it wasn't him taking out the ball? So if Phil draws that same play up, Pippen's a decoy – it goes to Coop Coach. Does Pippen react the same way, or is he just PO because he had, feels like, man, you taking the ball out? That's a slap in his face, definitely. I agree. So I was hoping they had a follow-up question where I was like, we may need to hit him up on social media or something. Like, hey, man, if you were taking a ball <laughs> out, or but you were involved in the actual play itself, what would have been your reaction? I would say one of the last things I noticed in this particular, these particular episodes has been, man, when they gave Jordan the eye tablet, he looked at what Gary Payton, the glove said, and Jordan just busts out laughing. That was absolutely hilarious, man. Now, some would say that before, you know, Gary Payton started to guard Jordan, Jordan was averaging about 31 on him. Gary, mm-hmm. Once Gary Payton got on him, he averaged like, what, 23 or something like that. Numbers dipped down. Jordan said, I had no problem with the glove. I had no problem with Gary Payton. I had other things in my mind, that being it was coming up to Father's Day, start thinking about his father and all the things that he went through to get to that point. I don't know, man. From what Jordan said to what was on the court or whatever, Jordan, you can't have a great game every every time out. I mean, I, I yes. get it. And y'all was up. The Bulls were up 3-0. Yeah, they're going for the sweep. Naturally, you know, Seattle was going to come back in at least game four and put everything they could into game four. In game four, back then, it was – of two three two format. Bulls probably was like, man, we all we need to do is just get one from here. And then mm-hmm. this is take this thing back to Chicago, take it back home and celebrate. And once they got that one in game three, it was like, man, okay, we just go out and party in Seattle a little bit <laughs> and then come back and win this thing in Chicago. Honestly, that could could have been their mindset. Really, Michael laughing at Gary Payton was a highlight. I really want to see what Gary Payton had to have said after that. Gary Payton talked so much trash. He's he's notoriously known for talking a whole lot of trash he was pretty good at backing it up though he was good at backing it up Until but he, this know, one but this one was the ultimate comeback by jordan i think gary payton had a point i know jordan was trying to deflect it like come on man you craziest i'll get out but gp was playing a pretty good in that uh series he ended him up so then you go back to george carl and what he said about george carl walking past him and motivating them in that series, like, man, we supposed to be North Carolina Tar Heels. And you gonna disrespect <laughs> me in the restaurant? Walk fast, act <laughs> like you didn't see me. Say nothing. This is another oh, okay. one, like this is like Dan Marley. Some of the other things they brought up in the docu series, like B.J. Armstrong and mm-hmm. Bradford Smith, where the way he motivated himself to prepare for games and series and things like that is wild. But back to GP, 
I think GP had a point. Once he went on him, he slowed him down. And that's where my boy Rodman came in <laughs> and bailed him out in those games. No one knows because Jordan may have been going through something because of Father's, like he said, Father's Day was there. But I think Gary Payton has some kind of type of point in that. I mean, did Gary Payton slow him down? Um, maybe a tad, maybe a tad. But mm-hmm. again, I, I think, yeah, Jordan may have had his mind on his father, but their overall goal is just to get one in Seattle and then take this back to Chicago. But no, I, I just thought that was very funny. I mean, all the memes that came out as a result of Jordan laughing at the tablet, laughing at <laughs> Gary Payton's interview, uh, I thought was exceptionally well done. Uh, these two... Uh, episodes, episode seven and eight of The Last Dance. Definitely looking forward to uh, wrapping this up. And again, I'm hoping that they give us bonus coverage, maybe episode 11 or, or 12. That would be absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, we as fans deserve some more content as the leagues are trying to determine what they're going to do with COVID. So it'd be nice to have at least another week, stretch it out as long as they can. Because I know they <laughs> said they had like 500 hours of footage. We'll see. How, the, I, we'll see what they do. They got the supply. There's a demand. I can, I, you know what? I can honestly see them doing something where they, they get the episode 11 and 12 together. So we'll, we'll see. I'm hoping that do that they do something. So sounds good. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.